than here. Amen. But we've been talking about a better country, a better country. And we have talked this month about the importance of looking for that city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And you find that once you become born again of the water and the spirit, you're going to a better place. We was looking for something better, and that's why we came out of darkness to God's marvelous light. Because we saw that the world was not rewarding us anything good uh, for our lives. And so, therefore, we sought for that better place. We sought for something new and something different. And once we heard the gospel of our salvation, amen, we repented. We was baptized in Jesus' name. We filled the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now we're going to a better place, amen. And that's what the whole premises of being born again and serving God is, is we're looking for that city, uh, which have foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. And so we want to continue to move forward, uh, towards that place. And that's why Paul tells us in Colossians, he says, if you have been risen with Christ, then seek those things are above. Not on the things of this earth, for you're dead and your life is hid in Christ. See, so we're, we're going to a better place. And so I have the purpose. We have seen scriptures that they was what? They were fully persuaded. And that's what you have to do in your life is you have to become fully persuaded that I'm going to make it. I'm going all the way. Amen. Those old songs that, that they wrote in that old hymnal, oh man, oh I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. And that's what we're looking for. We're going to the better place. The cross is not the city I'm looking for. It's not the home I'm looking for. Jesus says in John 14, 1, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am, there shall you be also. Amen. And so we want to, to be with him. We have to have the attitude of Moses. Hebrews 11 tells us that Moses forsook Egypt. Amen. Because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses saw that there was something so much better that was waiting for him. Amen. And so they knew that there was going to be a better day. We have seen that Joseph, even at his death, he gave command to the people, whatever you do, don't leave my bones in Egypt. So they carried Joseph's bones all through the wilderness, all across the Red Sea, all the way across the Jordan River into the promised land. Amen. <clears throat> and that's where he wound up being buried was in the promised land. He looked for that promise that God had promised. And so we're looking for the promise as well. Praise God. So Moses chose to suffer. Amen. We somewhere in all this, we've got to get to the point that we're like those Greeks that came in John chapter 12. I think it's verse 20 or 21. And they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. Amen. I want to see him. Amen. Sirs, we would see Jesus. And so that's what we want to talk about is is being able to see the one that is invisible. Amen. Seeing the one that is invisible. We're looking for that one. Amen. So Moses sought for him. He looked for him as seeing him that was invisible. Praise God. The Bible tells us that no man has seen God at any time. Amen. But Jesus has declared him. And so 
We want to see him. We want to go see Jesus. Praise God. Amen. So we can only see him through his word at this point. But one day the Bible lets us know we shall see him face to face. But we shall see him as we are. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Paul tell us, amen, excuse me, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, Paul lets us know that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Amen. He is the image of the invisible God. And he was in the world, John tell us. In John chapter 1 verse 10, John says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own. And his own received them not, but as men as received them, gave them power to become the sons of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is what we're looking at. Amen. As we begin to look at the book of Ephesians 2, we see that he tell us, but God, who is rich in his mercy towards us and his great love towards us, he's quickened us together with Christ and caused us to sit together with him in heavenly places, in Christ, heavenly places in Christ. Think about it. There is no sin. There is no darkness. There is no pain. There is no suffering in Christ. The things that we witness in Jesus here, we're going to witness there in even more better. Amen. Or better, should I say. No more better, but better. Amen. Praise God. But think about it. Because Jesus Christ here is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's God yesterday. He's God today. He's going to be God tomorrow. If I don't have death and pain and suffering in Christ here, I'm not going to have it there because it doesn't change. So I have to realize that. And this is important for us to realize how good God is for you and I to follow his steps. Amen. And look for him and seek for him. You can find him when you seek for him with all your heart. Amen. So we have to seek the Lord while he may be found, Isaiah 55. Call upon him while he is near. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to keep seeking for God. This is your fault, uh, Caitlin. <laughs> Amen. So we have to, <laughs> we have to, <laughs> we have to keep seeking. Amen. For the Lord. Praise God. You want to keep looking. Amen. Get excited about finding God. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And when that man is found it, he sells everything he has and he buys that field. You have struck a treasure when you have come into the realization and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You have struck a treasure. Now you need to allow everything else to go away out of your life so that you can get a hold of Christ, amen, and go after him, seeking him, searching for him so that you can find him, amen. As Peter tells us, we need to add to our faith virtue and virtue, knowledge and knowledge, temperance and temperance, patience and patience, godliness and godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity. He says that these things be in you. Amen. And and abound. You won't be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. Amen. But what is it going to do? It's going to give us an entrance. See, the word of God is designed to get us there. The more of it we get 
And the more of it we go after, we search for those things of God. And as a result, it's leading us, it's taking us. We've already, they've already told us, remember? They've already told us, as the scripture says, the things which are written before was written for our learning. Amen. See, so the things that are in the Word of God is to inspire us, is to encourage us, is to strengthen us. Amen. He's letting us know there's a better place than this here. And so I want that place. And so in order to have that, I've got to go after it. i got to want more. Amen. Of Him. If I have not seen and ear have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, then I've got to search it out. I've got to seek for these things. I want to find them. Amen. Think about it. If, if, if it's invisible, but I can find it, I want to look for it. See, I've got to be diligent about it. I want it. I want it. I want more of it. See? And so that's what we got to look for. Amen. And Paul tells us, he says, in the last days, Jesus Christ will show us who is the great and only potentate, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. See, he's going to show us. And, and when we read Revelation 19, we get a vision. It, it shows us, it says, on his thighs, a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords, and he has a vesture which is dipped in blood. Amen. He's on his head as many crowns. Amen. And so this is the one we're looking for. We're looking for that king. We're looking for the king of kings. We want to be, as it says in Revelation 4, we want to cast our crowns before him, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. This is why Revelations, the Lord tell us, see that no man steal your crown. Don't let anybody take it. Amen. Don't give it up. Don't sell it for, but cast your, your pearls before the swine. Amen. Hold on to those things that God has given to you. Because it's so much greater than what the world could ever offer you. We're going to a better place, so hang in there. Number four is an eternal place without a night. It's an eternal place without a night. Now think about that for a moment. No more darkness. Amen. See, now you will realize when you look at this, there's going to be no more darkness because God is light. John says in 1 John 1, 5, he says, this is the message, and we declare it unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. See? So wherever Jesus is, is light. Every time you walk in the room as a born-again believer, it's light. See? So if you stop and think that we are the children of the day, we are called the light of the world, if all of us go to heaven, guess what? There's going to be no darkness. See? Because only light is there. This is why Micah says in Micah 7, 8, he says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, he said, The Lord will be a light about me. See? God is always going to be around us. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. So it's going to be a city. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21, they will, they don't, they're not going to have to shut the gate. The reason they're not going to have to shut the gate because there ain't going to be no night there. <laughs> I can see what's coming. I can see what is going. Everything will be seen. 
See, there'll be no darkness there. And so it'll be a place without a night. Now you bring that back and roll back a little bit. You remember the tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. As the sanctuary had what? The golden candlesticks. And the sanctuary, and his design was to give light into the sanctuary. It's to represents the bread of life. It represents the, the light. Amen. And as a result, but once you went into the holies of holies, or the holies of all, there were no light. Because that's where Jesus descended upon the mercy seat. And so automatically, once he descended, there was always going to be light in there. See? And so once we come to a point in our walk with God, we will realize that in his presence is always fullness of joy. In his presence is always light. When he rent the veil of the temple, he opened it up to give us access to the throne. Amen. And so we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And as a result, with him in us, we walk in light and not in darkness. This is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5, you are the children of the day. You're not of the night. Amen. You are belong to God. And so therefore, you are going to be light. It's going to be one eternal day without a night. Amen. Praise God. Because he is the light. John tells us in John 1, 3, he says, in him was life, and the life was the light. Amen. Notice, in him was life, and the life was the light. First John 1, 4. Here. See? And so as a result... He's life. In John 10.10, he came to what? Give us life and that more abundantly. So once I have life, I have light. I can't have one without the other. See? Because they both come from God. God is life and God is light. So when I have God in me, I've got to have light in me. See? If i got light in me, then I gotta have life in me. You can't separate God. See? If I got God in me, I got joy in me. If I got God in me, I've got peace in me. If I got God in me, I've got temperance in me. Everything that comes from the fruit of the Spirit is in me if God is in me. See? So I should never be without joy. I should never be without peace. I should never be without temperance. These things should automatically be in me and abounding. See? It's what Peter is saying. See, if all these things is abounding and I'm adding constantly, what am I doing? Is I'm getting brighter and brighter and brighter as I come to the fullness of the light through the city. See? We've got to enter, as Jesus says in Matthew 7, the straight gate. See? He says, enter ye at the straight gate. Because wide is the gate and broad is the way to lead destruction, and many there be that go in thereat, but straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that lead to life, and few there be which find it. See, you've already found it. See? So therefore you need to stay in that path. Jeremiah six sixteen, stand ye and ask, where is the old way? Where's the good path? And walk in it, and what's gonna happen? You're gonna find rest to your soul. See? There's not going to be any darkness there. Sin can't enter there. See? That's why we have to purge ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. 
we got to separate ourselves from things that hinder us and cause us to be defiled. See? Because it can't enter there. You have to make up your mind. You got to be persuaded that, hey, I'm going to let nothing separate me from the love of God. See? So we have to follow His will and His way because we are the children of the day. We're not of the night. Paul says in 1st Thessalonians 4.13, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In the moment and twinkling of the eye, right? That's 1st Corinthians 15. But notice, he says that we should warn one another and encourage one another. Why? Because we're going to a better place. Look at 1st Corinthians chapter, I mean 1st Thessalonians 4.13 through 18. When you get there. Amen. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. How many times did Paul say that? Seems like he says it in every book in the Bible on it. You know, he says, I want you to be ignorant. Amen. Brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you saw not of the others, they have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God should bring them with us, you know, sleep Jesus bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which alive remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them with sleep. For the Lord shall send with heaven with the shout, with the voice of the argument, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And they which alive remain shall be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Notice, comfort one another with these words. We're going to be with the Lord. Forever and ever and ever. Amen. Always with him forever and ever and ever. Eternal in the heaven. That's why Paul says in Corinthians, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Our light afflictions are only for a moment, but they're working in us a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, these things here are just temporal. They're going to fade away. They're going to pass away. That's why we can't put our trust in them. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Because things here is going to fade away. It's not going to last forever. But we're going to a place. Where it will always be forever. It will be eternal in the heavens. Amen. We have a mansion there in glory. Praise God. Amen. No more night. Think about it. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God himself giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Revelations 22 and verse 5. Amen. There shall be no night there. Wow. You don't have to worry anymore. Amen. Amen. Because the light will always be in the city. That's why the song says, there's a city far beyond the starry skies. There's a city where there never come a night. If we're faithful, we shall go there by and by. It is the city where the Lamb is the light. Praise God. And Jesus tells us in John eight twelve, He that followeth me 
shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. He's that light that gets us out of the darkness. Say, so he pulls us out. Amen. It's the city where the Lamb is the light. Amen. So we have to stay where we we are going. Praise God. Number five. It's a place where suffering will end. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. Think about it. Think about it. No more. No more. Amen. <laughs> no more. No more death. <laughs> Amen. And all that future world of glory, no one shall ever die. Think about it. No more death. Here, we have death. Here, every day, somebody's digging a hole. Here, we, every one of us know, here, we're going to die. It's a given. Amen. But there, no more. No more. Praise God. We don't have to worry about it anymore. This is what Paul says in Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, the sting of death is sin. He says, oh, death, where is your grave? Sting, oh, grave, where is your victory? And the sting of death, amen, is sin. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. No more death. No more, no more worrying about who's going to die. Amen. None, none, none whatsoever. Amen. That's why even here, when we repent, we die. But in that we live it, we live it under God. See, that's why when you come up out of that water, you are brought up to walk in newness of life. See, you now, when you come up out of the water, you're heading to a new place. Amen. You're not going to die anymore. You have to stay the course. You have to keep walking by by faith and not by sight. Amen. Because now you're going to live forever. The old man is dead. Amen. He's been crucified. And so we are walking in this new life. We have newness of life. We have a better life. Amen. And so and as a result, we're not going to die. Paul says, I should not die, but live and declare the works. David says, I should not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. I'm going to live forever and ever. Think about it. Who, don't, who wants to die? I want to live. Amen. Praise God. No more death. No more sorrow. Amen. Praise God. No more kinds of grief of any kind. Sorrows of the loss of property of friends. Sorrow of disappointment. Sorrow of persecution. Sorrows of care. Sorrows of our sins. Sorrow for that we loved God little and served Him so unfaithfully. Sorrow that we were sick or that we must die. Amen. Think about it. No more sorrow. Amen. Isaiah 53 says, Surely He's borne our sorrow and carried our grief. 
Praise God. So we don't have to worry about it no more. And because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he did it once, he'll do it again. Amen. No more sorrow. Praise God. No more crying. No more weeping. Amen. Think about it. Praise God. No more crying because of affliction. No more crying because of oppressions. No more crying because of violence. No more crying. No more outcries. No more crying, amen, because of bad conditions. No more crying because somebody hurt us or said something bad about us or, or misused us. No, no, no more crying. It's going to be God. No more pain. Amen. No more getting up and go, oh, my, my. <laughs> no more getting up with aches. No more headaches. No more finger aches. No more back aches. No more toe aches. You know, no more aches and pains. Think about, <laughs> think about it. All the things we've got going on here in this world, we are. Death and sorrow and grief and, and crying and pain. Think about it. If this world didn't have any of that, everybody would probably want to stay here. <laughs> but no, it's here. From the time that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, think about it. From the creation, how much death has been in this world. We don't get through too many chapters and Cain kills Abel, his brother, and it seemed like from that, that time there's a snowball effect of death continually going on and on and on and on. It got so bad in the world that God wound up having destroyed the world. Death, death, death. And think about all the soul from that time, from the time they fell in the garden, you know, it's been sorrow ever since. Crying ever since. Pain ever since. Amen. <laughs> he found out real quick what pain was all about, didn't she? Amen. Think about it. So this world, that's what this world gives us. That's why we don't want to stay here. We're going to a city. We're going to a country where there'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, because the former things will all be passed away. Amen. And we will see him as he is, because as he is, so shall we be also. Amen. They look for a country where God was not ashamed to be called their God. Amen. And so this is what we want to keep looking for, is we want to keep pursuing that place. Amen. Where we won't have no pain. We want to draw even here. If we draw nigh to God now, amen, we get close to him. We can begin to prepare ourselves, amen, for that city and for that place where Jesus is the light. Amen. A place where there be no more suffering. Amen. It will all come to an end. Amen. For it will all be passed away because he has prepared a place for us. And that's where we are headed into this new city, this new Jerusalem. The one that John in Revelation 21, he says, I saw the new heavens and the new earth. Amen. 
descended, amen, as a bride prepared for her, 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 you read it right. (laughs) And I saw the new heavens and the new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven said, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are faithful, are true and faithful. So God says, Look, you need to take this to the bank. He says, I want you to put it down, John, so that then they read it. They know what I'm telling you is true and he's faithful. In other words, God is faithful. God cannot lie is what he's saying here. When God makes a promise, he has to keep his promise. And so when God says in his word something, he's got to fulfill it. Amen. He might not fulfill it on my timeline, but he has to fulfill it. If he tells me he's prepared a place for me where there's no sorrow, where there's no pain, where there's no suffering, he has to provide it. If God says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I come back to get you, he's got to come back and get me as long as I stay on the course that he has promised me. Amen. If he's built for me a city, amen, where there's going to be no night, I've got to be there, amen, in that city where there's not going to be a night, amen, because he cannot lie. These things are true and they're faithful, amen. If God says I've got a crown, there's going to be a crown, amen, to put on my head, amen. If I'm going to stand before him, if I'm going to kneel before him, there's going to be a throne there where I can kneel before him and bow before him. Everything God says that he will do, he will do. Praise God. Amen. So John, he tells John, these are things are faithful and they are true. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Thank you. The water of life freely won't cost you a cent in that city. That great day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. The Everything you see, the types and shadows of a whole lot of things, is pointing us to that city. Amen. That new Jerusalem. Amen. Where there be no more night. Amen. Where there be no more sorrow, no more pain. Amen. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So what does that tell me? (laughs) 
lie, die, and fly to the side, right? <laughs> Amen. So that tells me that I don't want to do those things because it will prevent me from entering the city. See? So you see the value and the importance now of committing and determining myself to God. Say, because I'm going to a place where he's going to be. He died to get rid of sin. Say, that's why Romans 6 is so important when you read it. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God in Romans 6.23 is what? The gift of God. The wages of sin and death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal Life through Jesus Christ. My Lord, that's what he wants you to have, is eternal life. Amen. There's a way back into the garden. Amen. See, in, in Genesis 2, when he, he, 3, when he kicked them all out, and he put a flaming sword turning every way. See, but to get back into the garden, to get back into the place... We must be born again, see, and we must live according to his word. Don't just be a hearer of God's word. You've got to be a doer of God's word, see, because he wants you to reign with him forever and ever. So if these people can't get there, why am I going to partake of that here? I don't want to do that. He died so that I could live. He gave his life so that I could be with him forever and ever and ever. The new birth plan of salvation is to fulfill all this to get me to the new city. See? Giving me an opportunity. That's why he's a God of second chances. Amen. He gives us a different, another chance. He was willing to sacrifice himself as the all-sacrificial lamb for my sin because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. But he was willing to die for me because he says, I'm going to prepare a place for them. And I want them to be with me. But God so loved the world that he gave. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God in her light was like unto the stones most precious. Notice here. See, now he wants to he wants to like put a carrot out there if you're a rabbit, you know? And and he, and he wants to entice you a little bit to say, "Hey, look here. Get a get a vision here of what what you're going to. Get a get a glimpse and and grab a hold of this in your mind. This next picture here is what he wants you to see what God is preparing for you and I. And this is what God is trying to say here, this is what I want you to have in Revelations 21. Amen. Notice here and in, in verse number 9, he says, And there came one to me, having seven angels, 
one of the seven angels, verse 9, and which had the seven veils full of seven last plagues, and talked with me, said, Come hither, and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear and crystal. Amen. Notice there. Amen. Stones, precious stones. You're lively stones. Remember that Peter said? He calls you a lively stone. Most precious. That's what you are in God's eyes. You are, you, you're more precious than gold. You're more precious than rubies. Amen. You're precious in God's sight. Amen. You're a lively stone. Jasper, clear as crystal. And it had a wall great and high and had twelve gates and the gates twelve angels and the names written thereon were are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east gate, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations and in them the names of the twelve Apostles of the Lamb. Amen. Think about it. You, you walk. Hey, look, that's Peter. Over here is John. There's James. There's Andrew. There's Bartholomew. You know, there's Simeon. There's Simon. You know, there the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Amen. Because they are the chosen of God from the onset. And they built, they laid the foundation. Amen. And we build upon that. Amen. That's why Paul would write in Ephesians 2, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and whom all the building built family together and grow it up into what? A holy temple under the, to the Lord. So what the apostles built, uh, what the foundation that they laid and built upon Jesus Christ, we are building upon that same foundation. Amen. Here because we're going there. Amen. So what we build down here will take us there. Praise God. Amen. And those walls and the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the walls thereof and the city lie four square and the length is as, is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs, uh, furlongs. The length of the breadth and the height of it is all equal. And he measured the wall thereof, a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angels. And he, the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Think about that. Wow. Like glass, clear. Beautiful. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chrysalidona, and the fourth emerald, the fifth sardix, the sixth sardis, the seventh crystallite, the eighth braille, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophorus. And the eleventh, Jacinth, and the twelfth, the Emist, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every seven gates was of one pearl, 
and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever ever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Think about what is going there. Praise God. Get a vision of where you're headed. How beautiful that is. Can you imagine? Amen. What that must look like. If you can just picture it in your mind right now. A city of nothing but gold. Beautiful. Amen. Clear and as crystal glass. Amen. The foundation. How it's built. Gates of pearls. Streets of gold. Amen. Jasper. All the precious jewels. Amen. And there'll be no night there. Can you imagine what that will be like? Man. Wow. Think about a city with those kind of lights on it. Man, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more death, no more weeping. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. Wow, wow. I'm going to a city, amen, where there be no light, no night. Going to a city where Jesus is the light. The trumpet is going to sound and I'll be called away. I'm going to a city someday because we shall see him. As the songwriter says, oh, I want to see him. That's what it's all about. Amen. You heard the song, the guy saying, I dreamed that I went to a city. I saw Abraham and I saw Isaac and I saw Jacob. But I said, I want to see Jesus, the one who died for me. And then I fall on my knees and cry, holy, holy, holy is the lamb. Amen. That was slain from the foundation of the earth. Praise God. He's prepared for us a place. Praise God. And so we want to get there. We want to see that. Amen. What he has prepared for us. Amen. So we got a purpose. Purpose in your heart. Make a vow to yourself. Make a commitment to God. As Paul says, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. That's what Paul, when he, when he writes to the church of Corinth, he says things he went through. He says, but none of those things moved me. He had his voc- he had his focus on where he was headed. Philippians, he writes to the church. He says, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehend, 
He said, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth to those things which are before. He says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I can't lose this place that I'm going. Amen. No matter what it takes, no matter how hard it might seem sometimes, I got to keep pressing. I got to keep pressing on. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining in every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on high.